Be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. No guts, no glory. Crowning glory. Glory days in all one's glory. And go out in a blaze of glory. These are all idioms about glory, about how we come to perceive glory and incorporate the word and the meaning into our daily lives. But they don't have much to do with God's glory, which Jesus in the gospel today really wants the disciples to understand. It is important to him for them, and by extension us, to understand how God's glory differs from the tough-it-through, this-is-the-best-you-can-do, the best days of your life are through, we can see all of you making a lasting impression, even if it's bad for you, glory of the idioms. The gospel today is, in fact, a prayer. And Jesus uses the word glory several times in this prayer. It's a prayer from Jesus' farewell discourse in the Gospel of John. Today is also the last Sunday in the Easter season, which ends with Pentecost next week. This is a liminal time. A time between an ending and a beginning, a time when the two are blurred, a time between last Thursday, which was the ascension, until the Holy Spirit makes herself known at Pentecost next Sunday. The Gospel invites us to use this time in prayer and preparation for clarity about how to participate, partake, and share God's glory as God's own beloved. And the answer Jesus gives in very complicated words of the gospel is to be, in many ways, a contemplative in action, praying and acting in love and grace, in the glory of God, for the glory of God. In John 17, 22, Jesus prays to God. Jesus says, the glory that you have given me, I have given them, so that they may be one, as we are one. The Reverend Jamoe Taylor, heavily referencing Raymond Brown's work, preached about this when he said that the recognition of God's glory occurs early in all of Scripture. For the Hebrew people, God's glory was the visible manifestation of God's, uh, uh, of God's acts of power. He specifies that the people saw the invisible God in God's visible actions, parting the Red Sea, crumbling the walls of Jericho, and building Solomon's temple. 
he concludes that Jesus is the embodiment of God's glory, of divine glory. Jesus Christ's earthly ministry was dynamic, expressive of love, and expressed in love in action. The Holy Spirit brings the indwelling of that love to those who follow Jesus. And God calls us to share that love, Christ's love, with the world. God's glory is made clear, not in competition, but when we share Christ's love in the world. All the way back in the second century, theologian and bishop St. Irenaeus wrote, the glory of God is humanity fully alive. St. Irenaeus learned most of what he knew of theology and belief from another early saint, St. Polycarp, who was a disciple of John the Apostle. Therefore, St. Irenaeus connects us directly to John the Apostle, who knew Jesus, who ate with Jesus, who walked with Jesus, who questioned Jesus, who learned from Jesus. So St. Irenaeus basically got this thought directly from Jesus, from the source. The glory of God is humanity fully alive. It's not gaining crown or winning a race or um, being better than anyone. The glory of God is humanity fully alive. Theologian Gustavo Gutierrez said it in this way, millennia later. He said, you say you love the poor. Name them. Then a stamper wrote about it in this way. We become more loving by choosing to follow Jesus' model and teaching about what love is, which is tending, feeding, bearing witness, and breaking barriers for love. Societal barriers and also barriers we set up for ourselves. This love is the substance of Jesus' glory. And it is what he wants us and the world to know. To know God is to have love in us and to have Jesus in us. This also takes us back to where his prayer began, to glory and knowledge. To know God is eternal life. And now we find that eternal life will be an extension of the love of God stretching back before the foundation of the world forward to us and beyond us to the communion of saints and to those who may be able to experience God's love through us. There is so much love in this world, and I see that glory every day in people's kindness and sacrifice for each other in untold number and countless ways that mostly go under the radar. But I see, I see it. But this kindness and these sacrifices don't really scream for the headlines. What we hear the loudest 
are the fears that separate us. Investigate Texas children, Texas Children's Hospital to see if they're doing body dysphoria treatment. Don't let them do it. Ban books, some books, books we don't like from the libraries, even if no one's checking them out. Demolish diversity departments and universities. These are all supposed wins that have happened. Wins for some that divide us painfully from each other and control and cage the fullness into which humanity can live. So it does not contribute to God's glory. Controlling and caging men by denying and hiding and ignoring our truths. These winds spring up from fear and what Heather McGee calls out in her book, The Sum of Us, as the zero-sum hierarchy, which creates a perception that gains by one group in society inevitably, inevitably results in losses for others, specifically the dominant group. And this is just not true. What's more, this understanding of the zero-sum hierarchy has been perpetrated for generations by individuals with something to gain from dividing the public into hierarchies. And she focuses on racial hierarchies. God's world is not a zero-sum game, not a zero-sum hierarchy. It's not some sort of pie with only so many pieces. It's not true that if some gain better education, better economic status, home ownership, if some gain it, that others lose it. You don't have to fear another's success will decrease your work. The glory of God is humanity all humanity fully alive and there is enough for everyone. The folks in here at Full Oak saying, come and take a walk with me through this green and growing land. Walk through the meadows and the mountains and the sand. Walk through the valleys and the rivers and the plains. Walk through the sun and walk through the rain. Here is a land full of power and glory beauty that words cannot recall. Her power shall rest on the strength of her freedom. Her glory shall rest on us all. But she's only as rich as the poorest of the poor, only as free as the padlocked prison door, only as strong as our love for this land, only as strong as we stand. So friend, forget about the guts, the glory, the competitive crowning glory where you are the best and everyone else is a loser. Don't pine for glory days. 
dream about ending something in a blaze of glory to make your point. Remember, Jesus prays to God, the glory that you have given me, I have given them, so that they may be one as we are one. And that glory is love. That glory is courage. That glory is kindness and sacrifice. So let us pray. Glory to God whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to God from generation to generation in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever.